Um, it's Florida here. So welcome to our podcast. Um, this is what I would call potentially episode one, um, Healing Networks and Uncommon Dialogue. I'm sitting here with a really good friend, Andrew Archer, um, who I've invited to have a really open and unscripted conversation with me about his work, his journey, and some of the things that he's been up to over the last 10 years. So, um, Andrew, do you want to run through some of the awesome things that you've been achieving? I can. Thank you, Florida. My name's uh, Andrew, uh, Andrew Archer. I am a, I don't know how I would describe myself, uh, a, a creative uh, entrepreneur, I think mm-hmm. is a, a, a cool title that I, I like to tell, tell people. <laughs> An adopt. Yeah. Um, yeah. Essentially, uh, for the last, well, 15 years now, um, I've sort of flitted here and there between uh, music, mm-hmm. um, between software development, development. Mm-hmm. between uh, writing. I'm now currently writing a comic book. Take us back 10 years, though. 10 years, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> well, 10 years ago, I think, was kind of or the... Plus. It would be 10, 11 years when... Yeah, well, I mean, when, when we sort of uh, uh, connected and sort of came together and, and, and met... Um, I guess that was the the beginning of the high point mm-hmm. for when I was doing music. Yeah. So at the time, I was part of a group called Trace Elements. Yeah. We were a Gold Coast hip-hop crew, mm-hmm. consisted of myself, yeah. uh, my good friend Adam, and our friend Mark. Yeah. Mark Emphasis has gone on to do some, some really amazing things in the States. He's now got a Grammy. Yeah. Um, but at the time, he was mm. just plain old Mark, and <laughs> um, uh, we were just a, you know some, some kids from the Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. Now I say that was kind of the the beginning of the 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 high point, because you know it was we were young, uh, we had just got onto a big tour. We mm. were touring with Plisneso. Um, it was a really important time for us because it was a step that was kind of like, hey, we're almost there. Yeah. Like one more 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 rung up, and we're actually the main act ourselves. Yeah. So it was very exciting, of course. It's kind of it all came crashing down probably about three years later. I guess the industry changed. Um, we just decided that we didn't really want to put as much into it anymore. When, but um, when you say the industry changed, in what way did it change? What did you observe there? What was the shift? It became um, commercialized. Yeah. Now I don't say that as a bad thing. Yeah. I'm not some sort of underground person that's like mm-hmm. these kids in there and they're commercial and they're hippity hoppity and their hats backwards and whatever it became commercial in that um uh the industry that was supporting current commercial music yeah looked at hip-hop in australia and thought i really like that Mm. like we can make money off this yeah and so suddenly the people who had been sort of around for years who had put in the hard yards were sort of being pushed off to the side Mm -hmm. they labels identified quite early who were the ones to, to, to focus on? And so that left us sort of pushed out to the side because, you know, maybe we didn't have that commercial appeal. Yeah. You know, maybe we weren't this or that. And oh. you weren't pushing for it, really. Well, yeah, that's right. We were, were we had a, our core audience. We yeah. loved our, our core audience. Yeah. And um, uh, we were continuously making stuff for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were um, speaking to that crew. Exactly. Mm. And so I, I guess that was the, the, the main shift in that suddenly... Australian hip hop was everywhere. Yeah, um, and, and then it just boomed. And if you weren't on that that ground floor, yeah, then it was hard to get back in. Mm. Now I don't say that as some sort of jaded 
rap person who who felt like they they had a chance and they they missed it. Yeah. I look back at that now and I think kind of I'm I'm kind of glad it didn't yeah. happen. Because there's so many things that I've been able to achieve now that wouldn't have happened had I not seen the down point. So yeah. w- when I met you, that mm. was the up point. Yeah. A few years later, we hit the down point. Yeah. And I think where I am today mm. certainly wouldn't have happened at all. Yeah. If uh, you know, we didn't hit that that down point. That that wouldn't have been the mindset at the time, though. However, correct? Oh no, of course not. Like, yeah. um, because it's all well and good in hindsight, and that's the beauty of hindsight, right? Exactly. Mm. And so that was when the, I guess the the depressive years mm. sort of hit in. Yeah. Where, um, you know, music became a struggle. Yeah. But more importantly, being creative yeah, became a struggle. Creative. Because all you want to do is write a song and have someone hear it. Yeah. But um, there were so many things stopping you from doing that, Mm. the biggest of them being apathy, Mm. that it kind of, it it, it sort of diminished you as a person. It it diminished your your own self-worth. Yeah. And so you didn't feel like doing more music because you think, what's the point? Yeah. And that's a, a really important thing, I think, for creatives. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Uh, I think uh, certainly if there's anything that anyone can take out of, you know, the journey that I've had through music or through through just being a creative, it's that um, we have a misconception about the kind of audience that we're trying to cater to. We we believe that they're either going to love our work Mm. or hate our work. Yeah. People exist in one of those two categories. Yeah. The problem is we completely forget that there is a third category, hmm. and that is people that haven't heard of you at all. Yeah. That's when I was when I'm talking about apathy. That's what I'm talking about. Is that you're convinced your self worth is is nothing hmm. because no one is responding to your work. Yeah. So you think that everyone exists in 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 category two. They hate your work. Yeah. And so you end up going through this downward spiral and, and, and depression and you end up in, in places that you, you, you don't want to be and you, you devalue your own work. In reality, though, they just haven't heard it. Yeah. So is it almost like a misconception in that moment that, um, you, you know, that creativity is sparked from that endorphin hit? right somebody hears your work they know it they respond well and that gives you a boost and it's almost like it refuels that creativity and you and you get more inspired to continue maybe creating more work but if you're not realizing that they either fall into the other two categories um and and not being mindful and maybe grounded about that that can actually cause um a bit bit of a hit and create some depression there absolutely and and i think that was um uh, that's the biggest blocker that I see for every creative person that I've spoken to, mm. particularly people doing, um, you know, hip hop and and yeah. and the kind of things. Because I'm still friends with people who were still doing it, like yeah. people who've been doing it as as long as I have, mm-hmm. but they just didn't get out of it. So that they're still doing it, they're still hitting that same wall. And until you learn how to deal with apathy, um, you know, the complete lack of emotion, it's it's you're really going to have a, a hard time as a creative because no one is guaranteed, because you have a platform, mm-hmm. you're not guaranteed to get your, your work seen or heard. 
Um, that's something which is, is really hard. You have to work at it. You have to spend years doing it. And um, uh, yeah, learning to embrace apathy is, uh, I think, the best way that any creative can, can really survive. So, so what would be some of the um, coping mechanisms, do you think, that would contribute to you um, embracing apathy? Because it's one thing to suggest that embracing part, but how would somebody go from A to B? What are some of the tools? Or what were some of the things that may have gotten you to that point to be able to, I suppose, cope or deal with it? First thing is self-realization. And that is knowing where you exist in, in the world and the world of the audience. Yeah. So for a long time, I believed that my, my worth in the, the hip-hop community was probably a lot more than than it actually was. Mm-hmm. So when you face that that reality of knowing where you are in in relation to your audience, yeah, you have a a, a better time of of coming to grips with uh, with dealing with the 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 apathy. Now, I, I, it sounds like I'm being quite quite negative, mm-hmm. but it's actually quite positive because once you understand. Um, that you know the audience has that that third option that that there's part of the audience that just doesn't even know that you exist. Mm-hmm. Once you embrace it and and understand it, you're actually able to transcend it. Yeah, I'm happier now than I I ever have been. Mm. Like even though I, I I mentioned this this talk about apathy and and so forth because I know it exists. Yeah, I know to expect there. it. Yeah, and so now I actually work harder. Mm-hmm. Now I, uh, I've, I've changed my approach of the kind of, of creative work that I do. Yeah. And I'm working, things, working on things now that are closer to who I actually am than yeah. I was doing with the music. More in alignment of who you are. That's right. Yeah. Because I think one of the things that sort of con- contributed to that, that sort of depressive phase mm. was feeling like I didn't have much self-worth in the industry but in reality it was an industry that i didn't even really want to get into yeah. i got into I, I got into it because it was i don't know it was fun at the time i didn't want it to friends. yeah exactly yeah. friends i didn't Boys want it to, to be a business it. yeah and it became a business yeah and i think the the thing that made me really throw down the pen and go i'm, I'm done with this mm. is when i was starting to write a single for the my next album and I began to think, well, what, what, what does radio want to hear? Mm. What does Triple J want to hear? What does... And so suddenly, you're doing it and starting to do it for, for reasons outside of yourself. That's right. Yeah. And um, uh, that also in itself, I think, is another key thing to, to look out for when trying to manage, you know, your, your depressive states or your, 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 you know, manage apathy is knowing not when to call it quits, mm-hmm. but certainly knowing am i doing this for the right reasons yeah. and is there a way for me to adjust what i'm doing to make me happier in doing it yeah. for me it was it wasn't getting rid of writing because i'm still writing i'm yeah, still you're still a writer at heart exactly and i'm still be. doing the the exact same things i was doing 10 years ago yeah i've just learned now that perhaps i've just changed the format mm-hmm. i now i used to do lyrics now i do prose you know, yeah. now I do dialogue for comics. Yeah. Now I do do my my journalism. Mm-hmm. I'm still doing exactly what I was doing when I met you. Yeah. It's just now change form. Channeled in in other ways. 
So the creativity and the passion is still there. That 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 need for expressing is still there, but it's channeled in different ways. So right. rather than using the tool of you know performance, hip hop, music, it's just being directed through other means. Hmm. You were saying that, you know, you obviously after that point, there was a dip. So you guys went down. So when it, when when did it come to a point in your career when you ended up collaborating with Hilltop Hoods? Like, where did that go? Was that an up point? Was that something that was unexpected? Yeah. Or was that something that was pre-planned? Or how did that work? So it's all peaks and troughs. Yeah. So, you know, we had just come out of the, the, the trough. And at that point in time, I had sort of done my own solo work. Hmm. And I had begun to collaborate with brand new people. Part of that was was working with a, a friend of mine called Mules. Mm-hmm. And um, we decided, hey, let's do our own thing together. So we formed a, a group called Death Stars. Death Stars. So Death Stars, I think, was um, uh, after Trace Elements, was probably the closest thing that, that um, I had to, to realizing this want that I had um, to, to sort of be something. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the, the, the closest step that we had since the first group mm-hmm. to really make it all, you know, make something of ourselves. And so um, we just toured a lot. We just wrote songs that, that people sort of enjoyed. We got plenty of radio play. Mm-hmm. And um, then uh, the, the the Hoods were, uh, they did a, a competition. Mm-hmm. It was a remix competition. And so we remixed one of their songs. I threw my own vocals on there. What track was that? Uh, Novocaine it was called. Okay. Radio loved it. The, the Hoods loved it. We won this, this comp and that sort of, that prog- that took us onto the next level mm-hmm. um, to the point where the Hoods even, they reached out to us and were like, hey, here's some, some production. We we want to hear you over over our, our production. Yeah. And um, so that, that really cool, awesome collab sort of came about and then we sort of became friends with them and, mm. and, um, and that sort of professional sort of thing just kept going on from there. Mm. And, um, you know, that was the, the, I guess, the closest that we sort of came to, to really sort of achieving what we, we wanted to achieve. Yeah. At the time, that what we wanted to achieve was, you know, I guess we, we just wanted to be known. Mm-hmm. We just wanted our name to be out there and, and I guess we, we just wanted people to appreciate what we've done. For me, at that point in time, I'd put so many years into it, I just kind of wanted someone to, to know I existed. Yeah. And um, again, that was the, a peak and then you hit the trough. The trough was just kind of, uh, things just didn't progress. You know, it didn't go the way that we thought it was going to go and uh, we just kind of just hit a wall. You know, life turned up mm-hmm. um i sort of had changes with my my job i had a full-time job the the whole time i was i was doing this and um changes came up there and then things in life happen and suddenly music just doesn't seem that that important anymore and uh that kind of marked the 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 down point of it all you know yeah. like um that was the the beginning of the end I, i'd spent you know more than 10 years at at that point not just being the person on stage but also the person behind the scenes we'd done you know, uh, show promotion. Mm. Um, you know, we'd done we we'd worked with with everyone. We'd done marketing for for shows. So we'd certainly got a lot out a lot out of it. Where we're still friends with a whole bunch of people in the industry. Mm-hmm. But that it just that was I think a really great way to end that chapter of my yeah, life. Yeah, and it was a very colourful chapter. It was like yeah. it's. Um, uh, I'm actually writing a a book at the moment beyond the comic. Uh, I still don't have a name for it yet, but essentially it's it's all the crazy tour stories yeah. that, that we had. Yeah. And just finding a way to to not just tell crazy tour stories, but also 
tie in how they impacted me in my life. It, it's journey. essentially my my autobiography, mm. but um, told through through stories on the road. Yeah, and um, you know, I think that's that's helping me a lot. Um, sort of channel, you know, the emotions that I think I should have felt at the time. It's helping me um, uh, sort of address some issues that that I wish I could have got over at the time. Yeah. What do you think needed to be addressed? Oh, I mean, it's all things about me. Yeah. Like it's it's. Um, I think I was certainly in it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Um, and that's very brave of you to admit that too. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, in in my opinion, to be honest. In the beginning, I think. We just love doing it. Like there was nothing better than having five of your friends in a tour van, just cruising around. All you had to do was was get to a venue, perform, get drunk, meet fans, mm-hmm. and then do the next thing the next night. Mm-hmm. It was the best times of my life. Yeah. But um, after that, I, I realized that um, yeah, the business side of it crept in. Mm-hmm. Um, the jealousy began to to really creep in too. You know the the new wave of, of people, and I've said this before, but not so much publicly. But I was very jealous of the the young folk, the oh, younger crew. I was very through. jealous of of people like Illy. I was very jealous of of you know of guys like 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 Three Sixty. I actually really like those guys. Yeah. I was just kind of I wanted what they had. Yeah. But and it's like fresh blood. You see fresh blood come in through the scene, and it's almost threatening. Oh, totally. Like, I mean, as as much as you think, there's plenty of slots there. Mm-hmm. There really isn't. There's yeah. only a finite amount of space on radio. There's only a finite amount of time in the day for, for, for people to, to hear music. And um, you really are playing for, for people's ears. Yeah. And, um, you know, we just weren't, weren't hitting that. Uh, certainly one other thing I think as well that I, that I really had to address and I, I had to, 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 to come to terms with was how much it was kind of affecting my, my personal life. Yeah. To what degree? Oh, like I was, I was irritable. I was uh, just angry at people I shouldn't have been mm. angry at. Um, I remember, uh, you know, being with with my girlfriend, and um, she had come home from like a show. Yeah. The same night, I had released a a free mixtape. Mm-hmm. You know, we gotten something like you know twenty five downloads. Mm-hmm. You know, something terrible. <laughs> And she came in the door, was was telling me about this this rapper, this, this this young guy. Oh, the crowd was jumping, everyone loved it, and I just didn't want to hear it yeah. because I had just pushed twenty five albums. Yeah, it's like shit. that's so I I lost my shit. So that, that was a pressure point. That was kind of a bit of a trigger. It kind of almost pricked your ego a little bit. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I, I look back on it now, and I think I was wrong. Were like you reactive was, in that in that moment? Yeah, like I wasn't angry at her. I wasn't angry at even the person who I was just angry at life. Yeah. And I just shouted and screamed and said, "Go away! I don't want to hear it." Oh yeah. And yeah. um, it yeah, it, it really affects your Started life. Started to affect yeah. yeah. For for many years, certainly, um, I haven't always been on the Gold Coast. I, I spent you know five six years in Melbourne. Mm. Certainly, midway through that point, sort of towards the end of my my Melbourne journey. It got really hard. It got hard because I was consistently feeling that way. I was constantly feeling angry, mm-hmm. constantly feeling sort of betrayed and jealous, and 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 all my friends were here in Queensland, and and my family was here, you know, and so I was alone, yeah. and I was alone, angry. Would you say a bit beaten? 
feeling a bit beaten. Oh, I certainly felt life. that way. I mean, yeah. I mean, whether or not that would have been no, the reality, I, I don't think that was. I mean, I I had a good job. Um, you know, I, I'm white. I'm straight. The world is my oyster. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like I have you know white privilege just oozing, oozing out of out me. Of you. You know? yeah. So so life. Even though I certainly felt like I was. I was being beaten. There's, there's no way I was. I think that also comes back to what I was saying before about, you know, that that self check, that 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 reality check mm-hmm. of sort of beating apathy is sort of going, is knowing where you are in the world around you and going, you know, things really aren't that bad. Yeah. Like I'm making a big deal out of things that that really aren't worthy of making a, a big deal about. Mm. And um, that was kind of the at the very end of that that Melbourne journey was was when I put down the pen well the 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 lyric pen i suppose the the that 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 sort of pen and i picked up the author pen Mm. and began writing and so i began working on on ideas for for short stories because i've always wanted to write a book of of short stories yeah and that's when everything changed for me that's when i got back into comics i'd pushed them aside for for years and years and years because it just wasn't the cool hip, hip thing to do and yeah, I realized it wasn't the in thing at the time. But I've always loved comics. Like yeah. across the way from me here, I've got the comics I've had since I was yeah, I can see what year was it? When I was ten years old. Mm. Like the, the there's comics there which are from 1991, mm-hmm. you know, and and they're I treasure those, and I push them away, and I realize I, I shouldn't have done that. I should just have always been true to to, to who I am. I feel much better for it now. Sometimes you have to lose yourself to find yourself again. That's true. You know? Like uh, and you know, I, I certainly did lose myself. I didn't become someone I, I I didn't want to be. I I didn't become evil. I didn't sort of go off and and kill someone. Mm-hmm. I just strayed from. I, I took your myself authentic- straight exactly. away from your authenticity, and yeah. that led me down a path that I didn't need to go down. I didn't need to be angry about things. Yeah. I didn't need to do this. I didn't. You know, I didn't need to 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 feel jealous yeah. because the entire time I could have just been doing something that I've always wanted to do, yeah. where where I don't feel jealous. But you see, that that's a really beautiful thing what you said though. But some uh, it's it's really interesting because you use the word need in the sense of I didn't need to feel jealous or I didn't need to feel angry. But sometimes you do need to walk that path in order to come full circle. Right. You know, because to know what it is to not want to be angry and to know that that's a, um, to have a very strong feeling and I- identification that that's not something that you want to do. Sometimes you have you have to walk the walk in order to talk the talk. Right. Yes. Because you don't know what you don't know. All right. So let's wrap it there. And how about we see you for another podcast? Sounds good. Cool. Thanks, Andy. Thanks. Thanks.